0: Welcome to Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like...
1: How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so high in here?
0: Audiences agree it's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's
1: nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you.
0: You've got to see Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed...
1: I am ready to go do that comedy show. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to season two of the Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast, hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guests. And today's guest is known as Spanish Janice. Could you have made a bigger tongue tie name? <laughs> she is a court certified Spanish interpreter, a voiceover artist, a yoga instructor, an author, an inspirational inspirational speaker. And we met on the internet. So let's just see how this goes. (laughs) Welcome to 2021. (laughs) I love how we met. There was a random post uh, and someone had said, is it normal for your guests not to share your podcast? They were upset because their guests weren't sharing their podcast. And I said. And and I just kind of chimed in and I said, well, it's normal for me because people want to talk about sex, but they don't want their moms to know they're talking about sex. <laughs> and I've had plenty of people like just come on anonymously, first names or like if you scroll through my all of my shows, you'll see some of them just have my logo. Those are people that don't want everybody to know who they are. Like yeah, you know just yeah. So and then you said I want to be on your podcast, and I was like. You know we talk about sex, right?
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. I for the past 8 years have been all about walking through my biggest fears, and talking about sex is probably on the very high end of that list. So, whenever I see something that gives me that pit in my stomach and kind of like that, no 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 no, let's uh let's not go there. That's when I go I need to go there. So, when I saw your your thing. And even the way that you answered was really great. Like, I just instantly liked your, your answer. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's a good point. Like I could see people really wanting to talk about this subject, but then also because I struggled a lot with people pleasing, like I'm a recovering people pleaser. So (laughs) to feel like, Oh yes, I'm going to put this out there for, my mom and my friends and family and, you know, professionally or whatever to see, I could see how that would be intimidating. And, you know, it's scary. Right. And if
1: afterwards you decide that's too much, you'll just be Janice. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> like, I'm aware that not everybody is as open as I am, uh, it just as what it is. But the more we talk about sex, the less, the less of a power we give the conversation. power, whatever it is we take away Ah. that stigma where we all have to pretend that we do not really enjoy sex right or have it or think about it or whatever or some people really don't enjoy it and then we can kind of flesh out why because you're supposed to right (laughs) so so welcome to stand-up comedy sex ed um i ask after we chat for a little while i ask a series of one two three four five like six or seven nosy questions which you can opt out of if you don't want everybody knowing your business, but that is kind of the point of the podcast. (laughs) Actually, let's start with an easy one. Can you think of any fun, funny sex stories that you have? Funny? Something that happened during sex that was unexpected that you now laugh about or laughed about that. Oh my gosh. See,
0: this is why I knew this was going to be good for me because I've been so serious about about this component of sex and sexuality in my my life, because it has been kind of a a more painful um, subject. Mm -hmm. And so to shift and find the funny or find the lighthearted in it Mm -hmm. is what I want to do. And so, but it's interesting because as soon as you ask that question, my mind just goes to like blank. (laughs) I'm like, wait, funny, you know, it's serious. It could be amazing. It could be scary. Um, But I'm trying to think of anything funny that has actually happened to me.
1: Well, there's, I mean, the easiest ones that people don't even ever think about, and I think it probably happens to 90% of women, is when you fart during an orgasm. Or during sex right uh well is that the same as the the queefing concept it you know what it (laughs) probably can be and honest to god this sounds weird because i hear about queefing all the time and i think it happened like with my ex-husband once but that is not a thing that has ever happened to me or at least not enough that's ever made a a difference and i don't know why
0: interesting because for me that that would be more of the thing I don't remember ever farting you know or like remember it if you fart (laughs) uh, yes and like I just watched this funny um you know how they have those compilations of funny videos and Mm -hmm. this guy was weightlifting and they're filming him because it's like the most weight that he's ever lifted or whatever and he totally farts and it's Hilarious. So I think I would have remembered that, and and <laughs> no, but the queefing thing that does happen more often than not for me.
1: Yeah. So I was, what is I'm that
0: real... that it doesn't happen to you?
1: I have no idea. I I just I know it has to do with air. I do remember one time my my ex husband was he was down there, and uh, he was not big on oral favors. And we were we were young when we got married. We're like I was eighteen, he was nineteen. And so he was down there like doing a full on exam. Like, what's this do? What's that? Like poking all the bits. And he blew, he just kind of went into it and it went right back out at him. And I just lost it. I was dying. And he's like, what was that? And I'm like, well, you blew it. You blew it a kiss. It blew it right back at you. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. Kissing this. you back. <laughs> but that was, that was never a big, uh, he was never a big fan of that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just don't get, wet enough for it to happen. Maybe there's not enough air. Maybe it's because we have always used condoms. I haven't got a clue, but that is one thing that has not traditionally been an issue for me, but the farting thing that is. (laughs) And I, and I don't know why, like he hears my tummy grumbling and then he's like, Hey, this seems like a good night to bounce on her belly and see what happens. (laughs) Ah, That's great. (laughs) So and and one of my stand-up jokes, it's like sometimes you have to decide whether you're going to let it go or let it fly. Like you either have to fake an orgasm so you don't fart, or you're just like, "At ah, I'm going to fart during this orgasm." Okay, see, there is to it.
0: <laughs> then it might be a control thing, which is why it doesn't happen to me because I could see myself wanting to be very in control of that. Right. Um, although, I mean, I will let loose and I enjoy. Right. my orgasms but i could see that being a control type of right. a, a situation know.
1: yeah well then you would just choose not to have the orgasm at that moment <laughs> so some that's some people's choice me i'm going to take the orgasm every single time are you in a long-term relationship
0: so yes i've been with my boyfriend now for 7 years okay and before that i was married for 14 years um and that's why the whole sex and sexuality thing is so interesting in my mind is because i was raised in the church which
1: just that fucks you know you up. The, what'd you say <laughs> which fucks you up <laughs> thank we, you <laughs> we have covered that at length on this on this podcast i've had purity culture people on i've had just other people raised in the church you know good girls don't right it's but the that... best ones do <laughs> It's that. And then the.
0: I think my main thing actually was my dad. So we were missionaries in Mexico, which is how I became a Spanish interpreter, because I just fell in love with the language and all of that and the people. But we lived down there and uh, as missionaries. And then we find out I find out when I'm 16 that my dad was actually gay and living this whole double life. So wow. that's why sexuality is especially confusing and scary to me because the man who was like, you know, my idol and I put him up on a pedestal was just not who he said he was. That's why I'm so drawn also to authenticity. Like, I love talking to you because I you show up and you are who you are. Like you said, hey, this is my background and this is my office <laughs> and all of that, I, I love that. I actually crave that because to, to have something be a lie or a, you know just something that is you're told one thing and it's actually something completely opposite from somebody that you trust the most or respect right. the most, that's where that shift kind of happened for me. So when I found that out when I was 16... I instantly just put it in the back of my head, like as humans do, where we act like it's like, la, 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 that never happened and kind of live in denial about it, but it impacts us. Those things impact our, our decisions, our subconscious from that moment forward. So I actually right then kind of morphed into a tomboy because sexuality scared me, um, all of that was just scary and uncertain. So I'm like, that's that's the weird thing now that I'm caught in between because I didn't deal with it back then, right? Uh, the fact that I actually wanted to be feminine and I wanted attention from boys and I wanted to be the pretty girl, Deep down, that's what I wanted, but it was scary. So I pretended I didn't want those things. And I pretended to be one of the guys, you know, baggy clothes, no makeup. I would watch my friends get ready, putting on their mate, looking beautiful. I would watch them um, get the attention from boys and the cat calls and stuff and feel so jealous and so insecure, yet the comfort zone, you know, that safety that I felt of if I'm a tomboy and nobody thinks I'm attractive, then I don't have to worry about sexuality. I don't have to worry about right. that stuff.
1: So that yeah. was kind of my growing up. Do you think that maybe in the back of your head, because you just, your dad, you just found out your dad was gay, that you questioned everything that you thought about yourself and that's why you've decided to hide? Oh yeah. Well, cause you start thinking, well, if I can't trust my dad, then,
0: yeah, I can't trust myself, you know, because I had trusted him and I thought he was one thing and especially being so drastically different, you know, from a missionary where you're preaching these things. Preaching that you will go (laughs) to hell
1: if you are gay,
0: but also being gay. But also doing it behind everybody's back and it being, you know it was just so confusing that my little brain and heart, I feel like couldn't wrap around it. And a lot of times those things aren't really talked about in the church. So even though people knew that was kind of going on in the leadership with my dad, it was never really addressed with us kids. It was like, oh, we're just going to sweep that under the carpet too. And oh, they're going to counseling now. So it should be okay.
1: You know, (laughs) I'm guessing at this point, they're not still married. They're not,
0: but they divorced, then they got remarried, then they got divorced again, because my mom um, tended toward enabling and codependency, which is what I also adopted in my marriage. And so that's also a very interesting story with my marriage, because I basically experienced the same thing with my ex-husband as I did with my dad where he was somebody and saying that he was somebody that he was not at the beginning and was addicted to porn behind my back for like four years of our marriage. So it was this repeating of patterns. Right. And, and this, you know, Is your dad Maybe. happily living as a
1: gay man now?
0: Um, My dad's very interesting because he's, I still don't feel like I know him very well and I don't I think it's because he doesn't really know himself very well. Like so he goes to a Lutheran church where there's a gay pastor and I don't know what he does as far as his sexuality at this point. I mean, you know, he's in his 70s probably and um and I don't care to ask him honestly.
1: <laughs> I just feel like I have to say this many times on my podcast. You can be gay and still love God. (laughs) It's the other people that are judging you. Right. God. Right. And I've said this, maybe I haven't said it in four or five podcasts. It's time to throw it back out there again. I do not believe that God gave us these fantastic bodies and these fantastic minds and these fantastic ways to enjoy each other in love and in sex. And then said, you can only do it one way or I won't love you. Right. So that's that's I mean, my dad, my whole family is very born-again Christian and they're not pro my opinion on God, but I also don't have to live in their judgment. I don't care.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and that's what's beautiful is being able to step away from judgment and live our own lives and be authentic in in our own ways. And that's that's what I appreciate, you know. I mean, I have my own thoughts about things, but I wouldn't, I I never want to put that on somebody else and say, you have to fit into my box of what I think it needs to look like.
1: Yeah. If you don't do it my way, it's not the right way. Right. And then somebody posted this the other day and I thought it was really funny. She said, what, you know, if you are disagree with another Christian and they say, oh, well, I'll pray for you. She goes, is that offensive? And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like, I'm going to tell God on you. (laughs)
0: I'm praying <laughs> for you because oh my god, that's just you. yeah, that sounds a little judgmental to me. It's a it lot
1: judgy, you can get away with a lot. I'm not judgmental about a lot, but if you wear like pajamas and slippers to Target, then then I'm judging you, judging you hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's where I draw the line. <laughs> I'm like, you must have clothes at home, even crappy sweatpants, but please stop wearing your SpongeBob square pants, flannel jammies to the Target. I don't know, man. I'm all about if
0: you want to be comfortable. Hey, be be cozy. You know, like right now, I have PJ PJ pants on. I look super professional up here, not so much
1: down there. (laughs) It's fine at home. I don't want to see your SpongeBob jammies at the Target. That's the only. That's my only real. I actually, it was funny because I was flying back from visiting my daughter the other day, and I'm in the airport. BWI and there's this very young girl and I would guess maximum of 21 years old maximum and she's got a two and a half year old child with her and like a three month old and she is wearing leopard print bike shorts and a leopard print um, sports bra in the airport and you know I'm judging. I'm judging hard. I'm like, where are your clothes? You're in an airport. Do you know how many points on your body are touching the chair, the seat, the everything, and you know, like whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm texting my daughter being kind of a bitch about it. And then I realized that she's also cold because it's 61 degrees in Baltimore and she's obviously on her way somewhere. You could, you know, and so I'm no—I know for a fact this girl did not get on the airplane in those clothes, like from Baltimore, and she looked really cold. So I went over and I gave her my travel blanket. So I'm kind of an asshole, but I'm also—I'm like a Sour Patch Kid, like at first I'm sour, but then I'm sweet. <laughs> I like that though. See, you were looking out for her. And then also I made sure that she got on the family boarding because I also became aware that she was not speaking English that well. So then I was like, no, you have to get on right here. And and I was like, oh, and then she became your best friend. No, she kept my blanket. She wasn't even wearing it. She got off the airplane and I didn't ask for it back, but I just thought it was funny. Oh my gosh. She kept it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I could have gone up to her afterwards, you know, when we got off the plane. She was standing there and I could have been like blanket, but I was like, just keep it. Remember that time somebody did nice something nice for you. <laughs> and then sort of trash talk to you on her podcast, but whatever. <laughs> She'll never know. <laughs> Probably not. Like I said, English was not her first language. Right. <laughs> All right, so if you think of a funny sex story, you have to share it later. Um, okay. How old were you when you had your sexual debut? And by that I mean when did you have sex for the first time on purpose? Okay, your parents are, are about, not going to listen to this.
0: <laughs> are we talking about oral sex or actual penetration? Sex?
1: Well, you can define it however you want.
0: Hmm. Well, because we were good Christian kids, um we did pretty much I me mean, this is my ex-husband because we were childhood Sweethearts basically, okay. or high school sweethearts. So we did everything that you could do except for actual penetration. And so, until but you got married until we got married. And okay. that being said, I was 20 and he was 19.
1: Yeah. 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 A lot of Christian kids get married real young. Yes. Gotta have sex. And then they get divorced right after that.
0: (laughs) We're basically told to. It was, I remember the pastor of the church saying, you guys either need to break up or get married. Those were our two options.
1: Oh, because they figured at some point you were going to do the naughty. Yes.
0: Yeah. Which now I'm so about people waiting to find themselves and figure out what they like. And um, especially because I was so codependent that i feel like if i would have had that time just on my own i would have been able to right you know see who i was like what i liked what i wanted instead of morphing myself into becoming what one person wanted me to be which is what happened
1: yeah that's that is another one of those problems i'm i'm pro masturbation i'm pro teaching kids to masturbate as soon as they figure out they have fingers at the end of their hands that's <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a little aggressively young, but you know, they're doing it anyway. Um, You know, I
0: think that's funny about masturbation, because I remember so when I was in Mexico, so I must have been 12, maybe. And I remember there was like a, it was a Christian school that we were a part of, but there was a sex kind of component to it where I'm sure it was Christian based. But it talked about masturbation and I was, it said something about using a pillow, using a teddy bear. And I was like, Oh, using a teddy bear. That's a great idea. But it was the first time it actually, it put into words what this thing was. I didn't even know what it, what that was until I that's read that. And I'm like, progressive
1: Oh, church. What was that? That's a pretty progressive church because usually they're like, that's the devil's doorbell. Don't touch it. know <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, it was a book. It was something that was, it wasn't, um, but I know that it was a Christian author. I'm sure they wouldn't have given us something otherwise, but it was kind of explaining it and it wasn't saying it was good or bad. I don't remember that part. It was just explaining what it was. And I was like, oh, that's what that is. Okay.
1: Right. Um, I have this kind of side joke story thing where it talks about masturbation. And, you know, in the Bible, I think it was Paul and he said, it is better for a man to spill his seed in the belly of a whore than to to spill it on the ground. Right. And so that's everybody's thing where they say, you know, the God says, don't masturbate. And I'm like, well, first of all, that's not what that says, but all second, second of all, we don't spill a seed. So women are out of that one. We can masturbate all we want. God put our clitoris right on the outside where we could find it really (laughs) easily you know, riding a horse, shimming up the monkey bars at school, like all kinds of things. It never says women can't masturbate. It says the guy should not spill their seed. Like,
0: <laughs> okay. That's See, I didn't even know where that came from. that's, so that's, I just learned something new. I think it's, I think it was, uh, Paul who said that. And that was new Testament. Yeah. Yeah. It must've been.
1: Yeah. But that's just like one little, weird thing and i remember hearing that somewhere it's like better to spill it in the belly of a whore than on the ground and oh that just sounds wrong all of does, it does sound wrong it sounds (laughs) sounds wrong on every single and and who knows it could be some one of those bible verses that go around that aren't really a bible verse somebody just said it you know like the golden rule everybody's right. like, that's biblical no nope, no it's not somebody just made that shit up and we've been passing it around <laughs> <laughs> right well yeah, i'm gonna have man, to look into that actually i should google it right now
0: i know i was just thinking about i that. do that
1: all the time while i'm on this podcast spill seed whore here nope there it is spill seed on the ground huh let's see what it says um nope that's not the one That's a different one. I'm going to type in whore. One of my my friends said that um, feet is actually a uh, euphemism for um, penis in the Bible. What? Yeah. And uh, basically, they were talking about oral sex. And okay, it's not... Now, see, this is going to make it difficult for me. Maybe it's not really exactly what I thought it was. Mm. Well, whatever. It's in there somewhere.
0: That's funny. I was going to type master you know, I was going to put masturbation in here. It's like masturbation effects on kidney, masturbation effects, hair, <laughs>
1: <laughs> masturbating side effects. Oh, that's funny. Huh. There's actually somebody I'm obviously, I'm not the only one who has ever heard this because somebody else was looking forward to it also. Um,
0: so maybe it's like one of those wives tales that goes around and it's yeah, not it could a-
1: be, yeah, because I'm not finding it either way. I'm a big fan of masturbating. Well, Everybody see, God sex. probably doesn't care that much. It's not mm-hmm. a thing. Right. It's not. No. I mean, the whole Song of Solemn is nothing but one big love letter to somebody's lover. Right. And it's all about sex. <laughs> He just right. gotta learn to read between the lines. How come it, they were always making us dissect poetry in like high school and college, but not dissect the Song of Solomon? That would right. have been a much more exciting English class. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
0: <laughs> well, I wonder what it is about sex that makes it so, you know, because of the pleasure aspect or this, the thing of, is it, should it just be for procreation and like that's, the what makes it so this kind of a topic
1: um because men trying to control women they have always tried to control uh all of that we've always been locked down we've been hid down with the chastity belts and the not allowed to be with anybody and placing some sort of value on virginity and you couldn't be a wife unless you were a virgin and you got traded for cows they turned us into chattel is what they did and so that turned us into having to be virtuous so that you know when you were a 13 year old girl and you were sold to a 50 year old man for 72 cows you had to have been a virgin and that shit just carried on it's always always been about control Oh my
0: gosh. And that's so sad because I truly believe it is something beautiful. I mean, I've experienced this, uh, intimacy and, and, and being myself, I guess, especially with my boyfriend of seven years, this is because, because I've gotten to know myself better and I love myself way more than I ever have. Um, And I'm more comfortable in my own skin. It's like with him, it's this really cool thing that I don't feel ashamed of, you know, we're not married. So
1: no, but you're in a committed relationship,
0: right? But we're in a committed relationship. and, And I think part of with my ex husband, the problem was that he did not get to explore his own sexuality. And he was same thing, put very much corralled into this one way. So in his mind, he started going down more the like fantasy path because he felt like he couldn't actually do those things in real life. Uh, But that impacted our entire relationship because sex with me, he wasn't really with me. It's like his mind was somewhere else, or we would be, he, we would actually talk about other things, other people. It it was everything except being there with, with me. And that's part of my not feeling good enough was just like, am I not enough? Just me, you know, us together, is this not fulfilling? And, and so then when I moved out of that relationship and into one where I felt seen and valued and like, he was right there with me and his mind wasn't thinking about this woman naked or whatever other things it was with me. And that's, that to me was, is beautiful
1: for me personally. I'm glad you got that. Glad you didn't just stay stuck with somebody forever. Um, When did you have your first orgasm? Oh my gosh. (laughs)
0: Uh, like masturbating
1: just orgasm in general mine I was four when I had my first one so really yeah oh my
0: gosh see I was 10 and I thought I was really young
1: yeah no a lot of that's that's another thing that I like to talk about on this because people are always shocked yeah I was four and then I had a friend of mine who she actually literally had hers shimmying up the monkey bars at school and then she said i should meet up those monkey bars every single day for the next 3 years and it never happened again but she never forgot it wow <laughs> right? so it's so tens pretty pretty uh, in the game there do you See, feel better I'm now glad... what <laughs> do you feel better now
0: <laughs> i actually i was just going to say i'm glad we're having this conversation because i always thought that was a little bit young and funny masturbating story. I remember because when I discovered it, I was like, what is this feeling? You know? And it was just me and my hand, but right. um, but we were living, we had Wait, it wasn't a teddy bear after all of that great <laughs> books that you had read. No, because that was after that's when I put the dots oh, together. Oh, like, okay. This is what it's called. I didn't even know what I was doing or what what that was, right. you know. Um, but it was so awesome that. I was like, okay, every time, every night in bed, this is what we're going to do. Cause this is pretty cool, you know, but I was sharing a room with this woman. Um, and I was like on the bottom bunk thing. And so I was like, maybe I could do it really discreetly and just very, you know, so she won't know. So I'm doing it. And all of a sudden she's like, Janice, are you cold? And I thought I was being super discreet and like
1: not really rocking the bed not not making (laughs) not rustling the sheets oh my gosh so that's
0: when I was like yeah I guess I need to not do this in a room with somebody else
1: right yeah I actually go on a lot of training trips with my friends and uh we always get separate beds but it's super fun because when I'm in a strange place the first thing I do to fall asleep is masturbate like it just and so I have to set everything up just right so that my my hand isn't making a little sh- 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 sh on the sheets
0: <laughs> Wait this is when you're in the room with other people too? yes
1: in separate beds but in the same room I that's how I fall asleep when I'm in a in a different space. Like that's the thing that relaxes me the most. And yes, I've, and so yes, if you're my best friend and you're listening to this, I have masturbated next to you multiple times. (laughs) Oh my
0: gosh. (laughs) Different beds,
1: not when we were sharing the same bed, but when we were in different beds.
0: That's hilarious.
1: But I I also have this joke um, that I talk about. uh, Hold on, I'm trying to think of how I usually say it. Um, Oh, it's called a power nap. And so I'll set my alarm for 20 minutes. I'll set Siri for 20 minutes. I'll masturbate for two and a half and I'll sleep for 17 and a half. And then I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm ready for my day. <laughs> like, And so one time we were at this training and there was four of us in the room. So I had to share a bed with somebody. And um, we had been out really late the night before and we had to be up early for training. So at lunchtime, I always run back and try to grab a half an hour nap. Because if I can grab a half an hour, I can go the rest of the day, like no problems. So I ran back everybody else was getting lunch. I ran back, rubbed one off real quick, fell asleep. And then um, the girls came back in the room and they see me like laying sleep. And the one girl was like, oh no, she's, she's asleep. Let's go back out in the hallway. So don't bother her. And another one of them said, do you think she masturbated? And I just started laughing. I'm like, you guys might as well come in. Yeah. I'm awake now, but yes, I did. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So now everybody knows if they're going to share a room with you.
1: (laughs) hundred percent. That's how I, that's, And if I've ever slept at your house, I've masturbated in your house. That's just, that's how I fall asleep. When I am in a strange room, strange situation, that's how I relax. Oh my God. we're women. So all it takes is a Boy Scout promise and a little rock the boat and ta-da, there we are. There's no muss, no fuss, no nothing. But (sighs) I learned that when I was four. I didn't realize it was an orgasm until much, 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 much later. But that was how I fell asleep, you know, all the time.
0: Well, and that's interesting. Cause that's like, you know, the sucking the thumb thing. I mean, it could be, that's a method of self-soothing. So right.
1: yeah. Yeah. Even when I'm sick, when I'm, when I'm sick and I have a fever, I will wake up and I will be rubbing, I'll be rubbing that spot. And I'm like, Oh, that's the thing that makes me feel good. <laughs> Thank you God for putting it right there for me. Um, <laughs> best orgasm. Oh my gosh. Because we know some of them are better than others.
0: They are. uh, That's true. I would say it's with, you know, my boyfriend. Um, I would hope so. (laughs) Yeah. The recent one, though, you know, none none of my. Right. The one you've
1: been with for seven years. (laughs) Yes.
0: Um, And it's. I can't say one particular time, although, like you said, some are just better than others or whatever, but. He is very good about just being in tune with me and he's very much a giver in that sense where it's, it, you know, he doesn't take care of himself first or make it all about him, which I so appreciate, but it's interesting because I actually get turned on by him being turned on. You know, it's like we're both that way. Right. So it makes it kind of nice because we're both trying to kind of give to each other and be in that space together. Is he a service love language? Is he? Act, yeah. He's physical touch. Oh, all right. So that works for him. So that t- totally works for him. Um, and I, what it is is I can be completely myself and free and open and, I mean, I'm I could be loud and just like it's just this beautiful release. Um and mine are long. So I mean, I don't know how I know men's tend to be shorter typically than women's orgasms and stuff, right? But mine'll be long, long. And he's like, oh my gosh, that was a long one. <laughs> I'm like, I know. And part of it is he knows how to do it with Keep the it right going.
1: Pace. Yes, yeah. it's
0: like. Really quality. <laughs>
1: right. That's good. Yes. Think about that. Like, I mean, I think and honestly, I think that sometimes the length versus intensity, um, I don't multiple. I've never been able to multiple, but my orgasms are long. And I had a girl one time, she's like, Oh my god, I had 14 orgasms in 20 minutes. And I'm like, Then you're not having the same orgasms I am. Because mm-hmm. when I'm done, I'm spent. Like yeah. I am on the bed out of breath thinking, Jesus Christ, thank you so much for being alive. Like, I mean, there's no, can I get more? Yeah. (laughs) I am the same way. And I mean, for me, it'll last a couple days. I can be just, yeah. Do you have uh, the, I call them aftergasms where you're (laughs) just minding your own business and you're like, yep, that was part of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I finally met somebody who's like me. I I think we're pretty rare. Like I'm, I don't hear too many people that are that like me and everybody's like, oh, like I have to have them every day. And I, you know, I have multiples and I'm like, that's not how I work. Like I need a good 48 hour reset to rebuild that sucker.
0: (laughs) I I am exactly the same way. It it can be too, it's too much. And my body's like, no, you're good.
1: You're good for a minute. You can and can mentally a too. tiny, small, painful one if you want, but you're not gonna enjoy it. So why don't you just not do that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nope. We'll wait. That's so awesome. I've literally never met anybody else who's kind of the same as me in that. Um, how about the worst sex? You have a, a bad sex story? Oh my gosh. This one should not be with your current partner. <laughs>
0: no, and it wouldn't be. Not. It's not at all. No, he's amazing. Um Yeah, I would just say my, so what happened in my marriage is that my husband went from being a believer to agnostic, no to, yeah, agnostic to an atheist. So he had this whole change of like a paradigm shift. And uh, in that shift, he was all about trying different things, right? And like, pleasure as long as you're not hurting other people. So long story short, he started introducing different things like, Hey, watch porn with me. Hey, go to a strip club with me. Hey. And I wasn't comfortable with these things, just me personally. Right. But I did them anyway. That's why I say I'm like an award-winning people pleaser because I (laughs) gave him all these things that he wanted, but felt Like I was betraying myself because it just wasn't in me. So I'm not judging people that do those things. It's just my own thing. So I gave and gave and gave and started resenting and resenting that I wasn't enough, that we needed to constantly be bringing in other things or going to other places or whatever. And then it turned into an open marriage. Oh, so yes, this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. That's why I said sex and sexuality for me has all these like yeah, other things wrapped in it because I was like, okay, you want an open marriage? And it was almost like, fine, fucker, I'll give you an open marriage. (laughs) Like I was so fed up of not being enough. Um, And I know that comes from his own wounds. Like now I can differentiate that I am enough. that he just wanted to experience other things. And that's separate from me. That doesn't have anything to do with my value uh, or how good or sexy or cute or whatever I am. Um, So I just gave and gave things that weren't in me to give. um, And the open marriage was that thing where um, we tried it for, I think it was like a year and a half and it was very off and on because I was very... Hot and cold, and like ultimately not comfortable with it. So I kept pulling back, and then he'd get sad. and And he's really good with words. He's a very good wordsmith. Wordsmith, yes, wordsmith and slight manipulator. But um, when he wants to be, so I was just in this thing. Uh, it was torture, honestly, right. for about a year and a half. And then I finally said, you know, I need to. I need to let you go. Cause that was the internal voice I kept hearing is let him go, but he, I had made him my life. I had made him my everything. Mm -hmm. So thinking that I had to let him go was just so scary. It was, that was my rock bottom in life. So I even forgot what the question was, but that's about the
1: worst sex ever.
0: (laughs) Oh, so the worst sex that would be not feeling wanted with my ex-husband and feeling like, he's there with me, but he's not there with me and that he actually wants or wanted something else while we were together. To me, that constitutes the worst feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's just using you. You feel like, yeah, body. This one's easy. What's your favorite time of day to have sex?
0: I don't have a favorite time of day, but I like to feel energetic. So what I can't stand is if my boyfriend and I stay up too late or whatever. And then it's like, Oh yeah, let's have sex. And I don't have energy. I hate that because then I just feel like I'm sluggishly doing something when I'd rather be sleeping. Cause I love sleeping too.
1: (laughs) That's, um, that's actually why, um, my husband and I switched to afternoon sex because I hate, like I'm at the end of the, when I'm ready for bed, I'm ready for bed. I'm going to do like a half a crossword puzzle. And I'm going to fall asleep. I'm one of those people like, and I know everybody hates me for this, but when I am ready for sleep, I go to bed and I go to sleep. Like I turn mm-hmm. out my light and in a minute I'm out. Yep. <laughs> and so, you know, it was, you know, he likes to read for a little while. And so what we, for a long time, he was working from home one day a week. And that would be the day we would just have afternoon. We would call it our little nooner. We call it nap time, right? Because I've already trained (laughs) myself to have an afternoon nap anyway. (laughs) And uh, so you know, he'd be like, "Oh, I'm feeling a little tired," and I'm like, "Oh, me too." And then we would. So, but now with COVID, he's home all day every day. So now we just only have sex in the afternoons. Like, That's actually a great plan. I think I might have to steal that. Yeah. And we're, and also like, if I drink, I never want to have sex afterwards now. Cause I'm just old and I just want to fall asleep. So when we go on cruises and vacations, afternoon sex, we'll have sex before we go to dinner. That way it's already done for the evening. We can just have a good time, get as drunk as we want and just fall asleep. Totally. I'm,
0: I'm with you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just, I'm a big fan of sleeping. It is my favorite thing. Here we go. I want to see what your answer is to this quiz. 95% of the people on here say the same answer. What's your favorite position? Hmm. <laughs> she had to think about this one. Do <laughs> so you well, have to think about it or you just don't want to say it? <laughs>
0: no, it's because it
1: seems very boring. <laughs> so you're, you're a fan of just missionary style. I, I like,
0: well, there's two, it's like that. I do like missionary style because I can look, I'm a very heart centered person. Yes. And so I love connecting. So to me, what makes sex great is not necessarily the physical pleasure, but the emotional pleasure and connection and intimacy. So looking into somebody's eyes and experiencing that I would have to say would, would be my top one where I feel like more sexual and not more the, the pleasure part and like the turn on part, but you know, not the connection so much is like him behind. Okay. That,
1: yes. Thank you. (laughs) Is that what it's called? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say probably 98% of the people have said doggy style because it's just, it's the easiest way to hit your G-spot. And yes, yeah, and so, so that,
0: that is more the like, uh, what's, what would be the term? Not you the, you like to make love. I like that. Okay. That's the difference <laughs> yeah. that, that exactly would be the difference, but I like both. It's yeah. not yeah. like I don't like the other, they're just different. Yeah. Like for me, different. they feel different.
1: Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's the number one answer. It's I'm always surprised. There's only been one person who didn't say doggy (laughs) style.
0: So, and what was their other answer?
1: Um, she was a lesbian, so I don't think I knew. I don't think I remember what position she said. But I was just like, okay, well, I mean, it makes sense, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I was and you want to know what's weird I didn't start having doggy style until I was like 10 years ago and we've been married for 25 years and then once we discovered it we were just like oh we're gonna do it like this all the time now (laughs) where have
0: you been all my
1: life (laughs) exactly and it's not every time but like a good percentage of the time you know my husband's like yep let's do it this way because you know really long strong orgasms who doesn't want it doesn't want that Last question, do you have a favorite sex toy?
0: My boyfriend's tongue.
1: Oh, all right, all right.
0: Because I'm telling you, nothing does it better than that. He's very gifted. I will just say it that way.
1: <laughs> I, you know what, I'm telling you a hundred percent. But I understand. Nothing compares. <laughs> nothing compares. <laughs> we like to add a little something into the repertoire. Like I have never, this, this freaks people out. I have only ever used a sex toy on my own one time. And I threw my back out and I made a comedy skit about it. So (laughs) I have not done it. Now we have toys, but we use them together. And I'm just like, Oh, you're bringing that one out today. The big dogs, let's go. And then they're not, it's not big dogs, but you know, like somebody's having an orgasm today. Guess who it is? It's me. I'm having one. (laughs) oh you're hilarious (laughs) just weird that's all I mean when I say shit that makes people laugh all right um where can people find you like if you want them to
0: yes so I am at I actually just redid my website it was spanishjanice.com the little tongue twister but now it's janiceburt.com. and I I switched it because I'm doing more of the inspirational speaking type of thing. And the Spanish Janice was confusing people. They're like, oh, so you only do inspirational speaking in Spanish.
1: People are easily confused. I've learned that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my marketing uh, had to be fine-tuned a little bit, but that's where they could find me.
1: Yeah, I'm in the middle of making, like I went to your website today and I saw like your little sizzle reels and I'm in the process of making my own. And all of my speaking has been virtual because literally two weeks after I started speaking, the world shut down. So I've been speaking and I've spoken on four different topics and I've got tons of video of me speaking, but from this seat. Yep. And it's real hard to make a sizzle reel when you're not moving around.
0: (laughs) I hear you. I actually just went to um, a speaker's retreat in person in New Orleans. So it's starting to open up again. So look for those opportunities, because those are great for, you know, photo ops and stuff like that with an actual audience. and
1: yeah. yeah, I have some, the the two, a month before the country shut down, I did a live comedy show, and I do have some photos from that one, but they were, it was obviously more focused on me than the audience. So you can really only see the front row. You can't see that it was 120 seat theater and um. And also I always just think I look fat in all my pictures, so that's hard too.
0: <laughs> no, it's
1: the worst. I know it uh I gotta I also have a very crooked spine, which you can't see when we're sitting here looking like this. But if you take a photo of me from the back, I look like kind of like the hunchback of Notre Dame. So
0: <laughs> is <laughs> it really... actual scoliosis? Yeah.
1: yeah, 26 degree spiral curvature of the spine, and uh and so from the back. You're like I had. I have one picture from one of my shows because my husband snapped some photos, and I was like, "Look at this!" And he's like, "No, that's just the angle." And I'm like, "No, that's my spine. Like that's what it looks like." So it's really hard to get good pictures of me. So, all right. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at standup comedy sex Ed. You can also find me at StandUpComedySexEd.com and taskowski.com. That's my speaker website. I have also have a Facebook group set up just for this podcast so you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternate point of view, and generally let us know what you think of this episode and any other episode. So search for Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast on Facebook. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, share it with your friends, and you could Google how to leave a review on Apple. I don't know why they make it so Damn hard to figure it out, but you gotta really search to leave a review on Apple. Leave me one, uh, and then you can also buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com/slash/raylene to help me keep paying for this because I have about three more episodes before I have to renew my podcasting subscription and my Zoom. So every five dollars helps. Thank you so much, Janice, for being on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I hope that you can spend the rest of the day blushing. You're not too upset by what you've done (laughs) (laughs) going. Oh my God. What were we, what did we just
0: talk about? No, that was awesome. I all that. I loved it. I loved our combo and I love you and your authenticity and showing up big in the world. It's
1: amazing. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. bye bye